We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Right now, I, I booted BWP and I put in Goldbranson in a switcheroo with Lawrence Olam, which seems like the worst switcheroo of all time. <laughs> This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit RotoWire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Jamie Bazo. Hello and welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of RotoWire.com. I'm joined by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath to discuss... This week's uh, matches of Major League Soccer, which is a humongous three-game slate, so theoretically we won't go too long, although knowing the three of us, it'll still be an hour because we tend not to do anything that quickly. So, uh, guys, thanks for coming back, and who's the best play this weekend? Kai. Kai, baby. (laughs) Our podcast is the best play this weekend. Oh, there it is. Love it. Love it. Um. Yeah, so like I said, we have three games. They're all Saturday, 2-4 and 7-30 Eastern. Revs hosting Minnesota, Red Bulls hosting RSL, and Columbus hosting Portland. 
Um, we're going to basically split this. We're going to have two conversations, one for FMLS, and then we'll hit up the DraftKings one. So um, specifically for FMLS, uh, JD, you mentioned before the podcast that you may uh, not be going with BWP. Is that because uh, you have four other Red Bulls you like, or is it that you have three other forwards that you like more? Yeah, so much of it comes down to the price and uh, of all the players I want to fit in, and then it also comes down to the number of player limit. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I did was I got four revs in there because I love their matchup this weekend. Um, I actually have one at every single position. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about doing the same with the Red Bulls, but BWP is just just very expensive, and he he might need to take a back seat. Um, I don't know; it's tough because I want my back four, my goalkeeper, and three defenders. I want them to be from the Red Bulls and the Revolution because mm-hmm. I think those are really good shots at clean sheets. Um, but then you have to really spend up with the timbers in the attack, and then Valeri becomes almost too expensive. So <laughs> I'm I'm still juggling it around. But uh, yeah, right now I don't have Valeri or BWP. Uh, wow. Um, that definitely could change because it just sounds crazy. <laughs> On a three-game slate, no less. Um, yeah, exactly. I was sort of going down that road as well. Um, I had Fernando Adi and Ola Kamara and um, BWP. And I decided, I I was looking at Kai Kamara and I was like, you know, whatever you think of Kai Kamara, I mean, home against Minnesota is usually when you'd use them. But I I also have Chris Tierney, Cody Cropper, and Lee Wynn. Wynn, I can't believe, I, I hope one of you can convince me on this podcast to toss Lee Wynn. But because of that, I ended up going with Juan Agadello instead of Kai. So it's like I kept BW- I went BWP and Agadello instead of Kai and probably I'm not sure what lower. I guess I could go with a cheaper forward and then an ad- a fifth midfielder. But do you think the drop from Kai to Agadello is bigger than BWP to whoever I would replace him with? <laughs> um. I don't know. That's tough. Probably, probably not. Kai to Agadello really isn't a a notable drop per se. It's kind of tough because we've only seen two games from the Revs this year, and Agadello is kind of lost in the first one. Yeah. But by all accounts, he he looks okay in that um, kind of tucking in right behind Win and Kamara role in the preseason. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm still kind of up in the air. This whole revolution or gonna play well thing is a, a little blip on the radar <laughs> um so we'll see i i can't pretend to have the answers all i know is they're going against a historically bad um roster for this sunday i'm not saying minnesota in general although a lot of people are also saying that but yeah. I'm, minnesota are missing arguably four of their most like five important players Skyler, you have Kai ranked number one. You said he was the best play this weekend, so it's safe to assume you have him in FMLS? Yeah, I haven't uh, completed my FMLS team just yet. I'm probably going to um, sit down and take a look tonight and try to try to uh, bring in the missing pieces. But him and 
I believe Wynn are actually already in there. I think BWP and, and Ola Kamara are in there too because I wanted to go ahead and kind of get a look at my optimal front three. I really feel like that. It, I feel like it is Kai, BWP, and Ola Kamara as much as I hate to leave Fernando Adi out of the mix. But um, those are the three I'm probably going to be going with. I don't think, just rewinding a little bit to your question, I don't think Aguidelo's uh, a bad downgrade from Kai. I mean, he's going to get some chances against Minnesota. I just feel like Kai's, you know, he's the one that's probably going to have the majority of the opportunities. He's taken seven shots already in two games. I think Aguidelo's had one through those two games. So Kai's just, he's, uh, you know, he's he's probably in a more advanced role. I think Aguidelo's still going to see his chances. So for the savings, I'd probably, I'd probably do it if you're if that's kind of your one of your only options there. JD, you you said you might be going without Valeri. Does that mean you're going with um, uh, Sebastian Blanco? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm still just riding that train that they're both pretty equal outside of the goals and assists, and Valeri is. <laughs> Those I, are pretty important, though. <laughs> well, sure, but I think it it's not really going to continue at such a high clip for Valeri. That's absurd yeah um most listeners probably know he is my favorite mls player but i i try to be realistic at the same time and blanco is 2.3 million cheaper in the season-long game he's even cheaper in the uh draft kings Mm -hmm. so i don't know it just helps me fit somebody else in there and i think that ended up being justin miram for now however I'm not really too high on like any crew guys against Portland. So that's, I think that's the big dilemma is if you're going to use somebody from Columbus at home, who is it? They're probably too expensive in the season long game. Uh, and then how do you tackle the slate mm-hmm. or kind of, I guess we don't really call it a slate for season long, but yeah, I, I'm not a big well, fan of now, Kamara <laughs> this week especially if they play the same formation they did last week against DC where they played kind of a five in the back. Um, and instead of Miram and Finley on the wings, they had Miram and Iguain kind of tucked behind Ola Kamara. And it seemed like they were interchanging more. It seemed like Kamara was kind of dropping back into the midfield more. Um, he did draw two penalties, but those were really the, the only significant action he had in the box. I think he had one open play shot if I recall correctly. Hmm. So yeah, I'm not I, even I, sure I, if he had a shot other than the Pika. Right. And the penalty actually wasn't that well taken. So it, everything combined, I kind of want to see Ola Kamara prove that he can play in this new formation. Um, he's not really a guy. I think about taking people on one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So if he's dropping back to collect the ball, that's not something I like that much. And he's not really that great of a passer of the ball, so he's not distributing when he drops back very well. Um, and Miram and Iguain, I think, kind of... Miram especially is not... Um, I don't want to say not well-suited, because I think it's a good position for him, but I don't think he's used to it yet. He looked a little out of place. Because hmm. hmm. um, Portland it... are really good. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm a little bit... Uh... On the opposite side, I actually feel like Crew has some pretty decent-looking options this week. And I'm at, just after watching both teams last weekend, um, Portland feels a little vulnerable in the back. So 
Um, I feel like crew have the pieces that they can put a couple goals up on them. So, whereas it seemed like seems like some people, most people are bringing in Timbers guys. I think the crew guys might be kind of the under the radar play this week. Hmm. I'm not saying like Valeri's a bad play. I don't think Adi's a bad play, but I just feel like I like uh, I think Iguain's right there in the mix with Valeri this week. Hmm. He had four. He looked really good last week. JD was talking about the crew's new look. He, I think, he benefits the most from that. He took. He had four shots. All four of them were on goal. Um, stepped up and scored a PK. Probably could have taken the other one, but I think he was being generous and letting uh, Ola pad his stats. So <laughs> well, he knows what happened when he didn't let the last. <laughs> yeah, four that's right. Uh, um, I I kind of agree. I think the new formation suits Peepa pretty well, but I. As much as I like him too, he's not the old Peepa, and I don't think he's going to be a consistent producer this year. So I, I see him and Valeri's being on totally different planets. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. The the biggest problem we have, um, I think, well, maybe maybe not so much that game because we kind of know everybody who's going to be there. Um, but like the Red Bulls. If, like, we know Kledgeton is out, and does that? I feel like we've seen Felipe like really step up when Kledgeton is out. Um, do you guys? Did you consider him at all for FMLS? Not really, but that's a good point. Yeah, I, I actually, consider him. I didn't think about that. I considered him um, mainly. I mean, yeah, I think he does step in and take some more of the set pieces, but mainly he's on FMLS. It seems like he's one of the bonus point guys. He, he picks up some bonus points here and there along the way too. So combination of both has him on my radar. I'm not sure if I'm going to have room for him though on, on my final build. He's definitely not cheap. Yeah. How much is he? Eight and a half? Nine. Eight. Oh, Felipe's nine million? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. His Miram's nine and a half, so that's probably those two is a toss-up. But Royer is was, only seven, seven and a half. That's I what believe. I was saying. Royer, yeah, he he looks like a slam dunk, at least on a limited slate like this. I would think so, especially since he's going to be put into the attack a little bit more. I actually think, um, I think Alex Mule will play over Grella, so... He's a little bit more defensive, which probably means that Royer could push up even a little bit more. And then there's Eric Gobranson, Frederick Gobranson, sorry. <laughs> yep. um, he's only 7.8. I have him in the front of my switcheroo right now. And it's, it's really just a toss-up. Hmm. So do you put Felipe on the same level as like Amiram or Finley? Or is he above them? Well, I don't, I don't like Finley most weeks. Yeah, I don't really like him this week. So I, it would probably go Miram, Felipe, Finley for mm-hmm. me. But uh, Miram and Felipe are closer than I thought at first. Yeah, I feel like Felipe is, if you're looking for like a safe four to six points, which you know it sounds that seems really low, really kind of weak to shoot for four to six points, but he's one of those guys like a Lawrence Olam, um, 
like some of those other guys that rack up defensive bonus points that he might get a couple of points that even if he doesn't score, then turns in a pretty decent fantasy, fantasy score for your team overall. Mm-hmm. I think the guys like Miriam and, and Finley are the guys that um, might not get those couple of bonus points, but they've got that higher ceiling of, of a goal or goal and assist hit double digits in fantasy MLS. That's a pretty, pretty nice score right there. So I'd say, you know, uh, Felipe is probably the safer play, but I think fin- I think uh, Miram and then Finley probably have a little bit of a higher f- ceiling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first game is the New England one. Do you think everybody will have Cody Cropper? I consider Robles, but their price is so different. Right. So that's that's what did it for me. Um, I assume that'll do it for most people. Really, I think in, if they were the same price, I'd go Robles, though. No, I agree. But I'm saying I think the price is the reason why everybody will go Cropper. Right. So if, for whatever reason, someone builds their roster and finds they have extra money, I think Robles would be a, a good, it, both a differential, and I actually think he's just the better play. Yeah. I don't know if I ranked him higher. I didn't rank him higher than Cropper, but they're they're extremely cr- close. Yeah, it looks like I've got the transfers filter on right now for uh goalkeepers it looks like robles has 2250 compared to cropper's 1900 and nine oh, wow. so yeah so they're right there with each other i kind of feel like i mean it's kind of sounds kind of funny to say this but i kind of feel like you gotta load up on revs attackers <laughs> this week so yeah if you're if you're looking at kai and win there's two of your four revs right there and then you know maybe for me i probably want to get tyranny in there so i don't know who that fourth rev is going to be it could be cropper it could be Rowe, could be another defender like uh delamea and then uh there's your four revs right there so i don't know i feel like they get the clean sheet i just i feel like they, they're gonna probably get a convincing three four goal win here i just i'm trying to figure out which direction to go? Do I want to bank on the clean sheet points or do I want to, you know, load up on their attack? Yeah. So, hmm, I guess Cropper is less owned, which is a little surprising. The other thing I considered at first would, before I realized how much trouble I was going to have fitting all this salary in is going with both because they both could get a price increase. So if you can fit a second one on your bench, then why not? Both. Yeah, that's a good well, it's a What's... good point. Just uh, backtracking a little bit, that number I threw out was transfers in this round. So, for instance, say Cropper is already sitting on somebody's bench, which is very possible. Since oh, he's yeah, true. So he's still high owned. He's probably even higher owned than Robles. I didn't look at that, but that's uh, a good that, point. Yeah, so he he could be probably he's he probably is the higher owned of the two, but sounds like Robles is obviously right there in the mix. Yeah, Cropper's at 22% right now. Uh, okay. Actually, we should probably just talk about who Minnesota's missing since we keep saying that um, <laughs> that New England have such a great matchup. Minnesota is missing Kevin Molino, their best attacker. Uh, Johan Venegas, probably their second best attacker. Um, in terms of creating, you could say Christian Ramirez is up there too. And then they're missing their best defender, Francisco Calvo. And they're missing Rasmus Schooler, um, their defensive midfielder, also a very important part of their team. 
them. That's arguably four of their best five players or most important players. Um, and two of them are coming right from the center of the defense, essentially. So if New England has any semblance of a of an all right team this year, they better put up three or four goals this game. <laughs> Yeah, they've got to have this game circled as, as three points. I mean, if they don't, then I think Jay Heaps could be on the chopping block. Wow. He, he might be in Kassar's... I don't think uh, Robert Kraft is, even has considered Jay Heaps being on the chopping block, but he should be, that's for sure. Well, if they lose to Minnesota, if they lose to Minnesota at this... At home. <laughs> yeah. Kraft may not even realize that Minnesota's a team. I was gonna. He may not know that he that the MLS season's even started yet. So, <laughs> I guess to be fair though, just uh, talking about who Minnesota's missing. Salt Lake's actually missing a pretty healthy chunk of their attack too. Yep, well, they're missing they, a healthy chunk of everything. <laughs> right? They just uh, axed their coach, Jeff Kassar. He's gone, which um, is ridiculous. We should talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of it seems kind of crazy. Like, why, you know, if it was at that point, then why not do something before the season yeah. starts? They gave him an extension. Yeah. At the end of last season, I believe after the whole season was finished, they gave him an extension. They come into this season, and he he's yet to have anything close to a healthy roster. So, I don't really understand it at all. I never really considered Kassar to be one of the top coaches in the league. He's probably in the bottom handful, but good guy and i think he got a raw deal so yeah it's a bummer yeah um so there's that the whole coaching thing um Roos snacks out he's on international duty mm-hmm. Roos knock every set plata <laughs> yeah is out plata's out but he hasn't really been in that much either so right. um yeah. jordan allen is still out Beckerman. Yep, Beckerman is suspended. Kyle Beckerman's out. Nick Raimondo is out. Mm-hmm. And then Justin Glad and David Horst are both out in the center of the defense, which seems okay because Schuller sounds like he could be back, and then I guess Mond or Schmidt um, in the center. So it's not a good situation. That's another um, one where Beckerman and Rusnak are out of the central midfield. Um but the one promising sign, I thought their young attackers for RSL looked pretty good last week. They injected some speed and uh, excitement into the attack, so they might be able to do okay defensively. It's tough on the road at Red Bull, but um, I don't know. I think they're going to have a really rough match, too. Maybe not quite as rough as Minnesota, um, since the Red Bulls are missing question, but we'll see. It's one of those that, like, even if both squads were fully fit, you probably would have built your lineup with plenty of Red Bulls and Revolution players anyway. And now you're just feeling even better about them. Yeah, you can't let me fit enough of those two teams right. into my squad. Unfortunately, there's the four-player per team cap. Right. You'll have eight of those, you know, amongst those teams. And Yeah, I, I guess that's a reason not to get both goalkeepers like I suggested because you want to get seven guys on the field from those teams. So Right. Right. Um, let's uh, head over to DraftKings, where um, some of the guys that we discussed are much easier to fit in on in a lineup than uh, what we saw 
for FMLS. So, JD, you said you were probably going to, or not probably, but at this point you were fading Diego Valeri and FMLS. Um, do you do it on DraftKings as well? Yeah, Blanco's $3,900 cheaper. <laughs> uh, he's averaging 12.8. Valeri is 18.2, um, which tells me if you take away goals and assists, Blanco's probably actually doing better than Valeri is. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure, Valeri's maybe a little more central, has a couple more scoring opportunities. He's burned me three out of three weeks so far. <laughs> um, but I'm call it stubborn or call it just sticking with the process. I'm still playing Blanco. He lets me fit in a lot more uh, people, especially Lee Wynn and Kai Kamara this week. Mm. So, right. yeah, I, I like my, how my lineup looks a lot more that way than if I fit in Valeri. Mm-hmm. I didn't really check for any super low value plays. I'm sure they're there, um, but I don't know. How about you, Skyler? Is, is Valeri looking to be on your team? He is in the conversation for my season-long team. I don't know about on DK, though. Um, definitely going to have probably uh, win in the mix there, and then um, probably a crew midfielder, maybe Iguain or uh, Miram. So, yeah, and then if I use Blanco in that utility slot, then that's where's Valeri going to slot in. Mir- so. Miram is actually a forward on DraftKings. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, right. <laughs> that's probably okay. the one positional correction there was. I guess it's tough to tell if there was too many more, but yeah, because there's I'll only six it. teams. That Yeah, that definitely helps. Um with roster construction, but just, uh, yeah, getting back to Valeria, I still don't know if I have room for him in, in, in a DraftKings lineup with two midfielder slots and a, a utility slot. Mm-hmm. Um, Blanco's, yeah, he's going to be in the mix just because of his price, his role on set pieces. Um, it's too good to pass up. Yeah, Valeria's got the, I mean, you could argue that Valeri's got the higher ceiling, but I do think that Blanco is going to bust out with some of these big games that Valeri's having very soon. So, all that to say, then, yeah, I'm still probably Blanco over Valeri if it's between the two on DK. Um, do either of you have a thought on $4,800 Felipe? you think I was, like, a big Red Bulls fan here, but, like... <laughs> Yeah, I wish I knew for sure that he's going to be on set pieces. Yeah. Because that's a nice price if he is. Well, who else would be on set pieces? Royer? I don't really think he's a set piece guy. Yeah. Uh, looking at Maybe Felipe's I, game log, I mean, even without the set pieces, and he's turned in some pretty strong performances already. So, yeah, I like that price. I. It's just really tough if you're – playing Valeri then maybe that's a a good play to put Felipe with him but if you are saving money by getting Blanco over Valeri I don't think you need to go that low for Felipe I mean Royer is 6,000 so you'd probably go him over Felipe I would imagine and then and then you have to consider maybe Tyler Adams is in the midfield for Red Bulls too he's only 3,200 Brooks Lennon who had a really good game against the Galaxy, I thought, is 3,400 um, for RSL this week. 
playing on the attacking wing. So Felipe is okay. You you really have to bank on getting a lot of uh, set piece action from him, and I guess I think that's likely. But I mean, it's likely. I don't know. For it's, like the are they the biggest favorite, or I guess on a three game slate, it doesn't matter that much. But uh, they're a big favorite, right. yes. Yeah, so. It's just tough because, yeah, you're right. When Kleshin's out, it seems like he's had a, a handful of pretty good games. But, like, when we watch him this season, when Kleshin's in, he doesn't jump off the screen right. at all in any way. He's just a solid midfielder, and he doesn't play that advanced usually. But, yeah, if he plays more advanced because Kleshin's out, it's a, it's a good play. I think we have to see how they line up, really. If they line up in the 4 2 2 2 with Royer and Mule underneath of BWP and Gilbranson, then that leaves him deep in the midfield once again, and he's probably off my radar mostly. Yeah, I keep going back. Did he have a brace last season? Or it was one I remember he had a set piece goal from right outside the box. I think I rostered him that week. That's why the only that's the only reason why I feel like <laughs> I think he'll he had two again. braces last season yeah. or he did have a couple great games. Um but I don't know. It's it's that's a really tough call. You have me kind of stumped a little bit. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on ten thousand six hundred BWP? He wasn't in my initial it's a tough one because if you're talking about yeah, if you're talking about squeezing in some of these other guys, and he is very hard to squeeze in just from trying to make a, a team with you know if you're gonna have a high price defender like Tierney in the back, and then you're going to stock your midfield with guys like, you know, Blanco, Wynn, Iguain, if you want to go there, then, yeah, it's going to be really tough to squeeze BWP in, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the he's got the, the right matchup. This is the match, the kind of matchup that you want to play him in, so. Uh. Well, you're probably looking at either uh, Iguain and <clears throat> one of the Camaras, or... Felipe and BWP. Right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think Felipe is a, a really a pretty good value just based on his performance so far this season, even without set pieces. So if he has set pieces on top of that, um, kind of feeling like he's he's shooting up my radar as we uh, record the podcast here. So. <laughs> <laughs> can I go? Can I go back and revise my rankings? Yeah, <laughs> I feel a little bit of the same way. It's a good call. Um, are there any of the lower price guys? So, like, uh, do we think Darren Maddox gets a start? Yeah, he probably does. So, I mean, that's, he's five thousand at Columbus, which you know isn't the scariest of matchups. I guess no, Chris- that's okay. He's probably going against um, whoever fills in at left back which none of them are particularly great right now because Rital is going to be out. So is Hector Jimenez or Connor Maloney or um, Waylon Francis, who's working his way back from an injury. I don't, I don't know that he's 90 minutes fit, but he might be 60. So we'll see how that plays out. Or they'll go five in the back, and one of them is still going to have to start, but it would <laughs> kind of be a little... It'd be a little tougher for Maddox to to grab a goal if he had major center back help yeah. with that uh that left back. So, hmm. so how Scott... about Diego? Fig- 
Diego Fagundes is only 5,300. Hmm. Maybe a wild card play there. <laughs> He's averaging, it looks like, 9.3 points according to the little DraftKings ticker. He's He had four shots. Oh, no, that was in his last game of last season. Yeah, I don't know. Last game he was super quiet uh, at Dallas. but Right, but we know what he can do when he turns it on. I mean, he definitely pop in with a goal here and there. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he had a good preseason, too, from what I followed. Um, so, look, whether him or Rowe starts, I think both are, are in consideration for me. Um, even maybe as a Lee Wynn replacement. I don't think you have to play Lee Wynn just because you like the Revs this week. Do you have to play Chris Tierney? I don't think so. What's Tierney ever done to make us play him in the last, like, year? <laughs> It's like he's got Seriously. a steady stream of fives and sixes over the last several games. Yeah. Literally, five, six, 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 five, five. <laughs> it's about as steady as it comes. He got a 24 mixed in there. That's That kind of highlights his, his I see that. It, right it looks like he had a solid... Uh, in September. August slash September. But before that, he, if I recall correctly, he was not very good either. I mean, he... He wasn't getting a ton of crosses. He wasn't taking a ton of uh, set pieces like he did back in his heyday where he'd score a couple goals from those. Um, so I don't know. He's he's definitely a consideration for me, and if I have the spare cash, which I probably will considering I don't have BWP or Valeri right now, then sure. And there's not that many great defensive plays um, on this slate. But I don't think he's a must play. Okay. But when yeah, Justin Justin Billu is forty five hundred and he has one DraftKings game to his name, that's only eight points. Um, I don't know. It's tough to find value. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the the winning lineups have been, you know, basically find the best value defender that's going to get you the points, and then stay away from the high price guys. So if that happens again this week, then yeah, I mean, Tierney's probably got, I'd say him and Awful probably have the highest upside of any defender on the board, but based off of, obviously, like, Tierney's recent production's been nowhere near worth $5,500, so if you feel like you can get as much, you know, get that kind of same kind of production or more out of somebody that's a couple thousand dollars less, then seems to be the way to go, so. Yeah, and check... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, didn't Nick Lima have that goal when he got really expensive, though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did, and he was pretty yeah, bad last week. <laughs> didn't do didn't do too well for me that week, so yeah. I'd argue with the value defenders. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so, Alvis Powell, I think, is in that conversation with Awful and Tierney, um, especially if Columbus lines up in the 5-3-2. The five, five, mm-hmm. Because then Powell is literally going to have to deal with a little bit of Justin Miram. Um, he's going to have a lot of room to roam on that. It's going to be his right wing, Columbus's left wing. Um, we talked about how that side of their defense is a little questionable going into this. So I think Powell's one of the best attacking defenders in the league. Um, he already has a great attack to kind of support him when he wants to get up the field. Um, and he has a great target in the middle, Fernando Adi. So he's... He made he's, my team. He's locked into my lineup at yeah. right at this moment. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, I like that call. Mine's going to come down to Iguain or Win. Two players. Iguain is dislike more. <laughs> I you guys are way higher on Iguain than I am. I actually have Win now. I'm just ashamed at myself for it. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Iguain is a tough matchup. Yeah. I know he looked I better. I think you against... like Portland a lot more than most people though, who are not in Portland. Okay, well, I mean, he was going against like 300-year-old Marcelo Sarvas last week in the defensive <laughs> midfield, and now he gets literal energizer bunny Diego Chara. Um, I don't know actually who else Portland's going to play in the midfield there because Guzman's out, Guzman's out, I believe. Yeah. I think it's uh, so, Ben Zemanski maybe. Yeah, I think they were they were floating around maybe a Moby Akugo, then there's Zemanski, and I think there's one other person I – Thought maybe there's a chance they put him in, but oh, I guess Lawrence Olam could say, push him there. Yeah, he definitely could play there if they had enough center back coverage, but I don't think that they do. So, and still, I think it's a, a tough matchup for Pipa. I, the crew probably are not gonna dominate possession no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay, goalkeeper. I actually have Gleason in right now because mm, so he's <laughs> way less he's way less expensive than Cropper and Robles and I think he'll face more shots. Mm-hmm. So that's my thinking if I had the money Cropper would be fine cuz I I think Minnesota still create some semblance of an attack. I'm not convinced that Salt Lake create as much of an attack. They definitely could, they have the potential, but I want I kind of want to see it before I just imagine it happening i was actually um, wondering if shuttleworth at four thousand was worth it since the rev- revolution haven't been exactly elite finishers this season revenge game yeah, that's right that's right <laughs> shuttleworth revenge game going back to new england oh uh, man that's a good call all of uh you know minus, i love the revenge game yeah all of a combined minus six points in his last two games <laughs> And actually, minus eight if you go back to his last two of That's last right. season. <laughs> That's right. Um, he, has, he has no games in four tries over one over zero points. So you it's... could be you could probably be better off rostering <laughs> Logan Ketterer yep. at thirty five hundred than Bobby Shuttleworth. That's right. Five hundred bucks. The other more. it gets worse when you look at it per minute. I was just about minus, to say that he has a minus two in four minutes against Atlanta. <laughs> well. Seriously, though, Shuttleworth isn't a terrible goalie. I mean, he's like Josh Saunders level, which isn't good, but it's serviceable. Come on. Come on. <laughs> like, in, it's not like it's going to make or break you in DraftKings is what I'm trying to say. Like, the he's a replacement level keeper, but so are a lot of guys we use um, week in, week out. Ooh, I don't know. That seems pretty I mean, bad. everyone's using Zach Steffen this year, and I wouldn't say he's played that much better than a, a Shuttleworth or a Saunders. He's obviously young and has a lot of room to grow, but... He does have a minus three on his game log as well, so... <laughs> oh, it's Steffen does? Yeah. yeah. Against Houston, we all probably, teams. Um, we probably all rostered Rice and Bowley at one point or another, huh? Yeah, we probably thought it was a steal, too. <laughs> Is that too much of a throwback? It was last year, or was it two years ago? 
It was two or three. Two or three. Yeah. So much hype. So much hype surrounding him after his World Cup performance. Yeah. Yep. And who was that? Who was the guy that came in for Kansas City two years ago, and then Melia took his job? Oh, he yeah. was really bad too. Um, Jimmy Nielsen. No, 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 no. After him, they got uh, Nielsen was pretty good. He might have been a designated player. I don't think he was, but he was close. Um, I hear someone typing. I'm yeah, typing too. I'm trying. Uh, that's gonna take too long for me to. This makes for good podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, this is what happens when you get to a three-game slate. Just yeah, start. I will. Uh, just chime in. I am happy to see uh, just a one single standalone slate this weekend. I don't know. I mean, I know. I know the. Uh, Probably general consensus is the uh, split slates on MLS, but man, those things are dangerous for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, the the first the early slate um, didn't go so well. That was so, a three gamer, right? Yeah, it was a three gamer, um, which you know those are, I guess, a little bit better than two gamer. A few more options, but still, if you don't hit it right, then um, probably not not going to be good. So anyway, then there's that second slate. You're looking at it like, okay, well, first slate went, went wrong. I'll just, you know, tilt away and, and, uh, bounce back. But it's just, I don't know. I'm looking forward to just a single slate that, that multi two split slate thing is just, it's a little, I mean, it's not overkill. I guess some people would argue that a full slate is overkill, but just kind of crazy. You have to, focus on one and then shift gears and focus on the other. Yeah. Like I appreciate that they wanted to get rid of the having to be in front of your computer the entire day, but that second slate was still like a five hour, like lineup crunch. Like the, <laughs> I'm not sure it really saved me all that much time. Right. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. I, I like having one nice compact slate, three to five games. Um, but these these matchups are all compelling for daily fantasy purposes. Hmm. It's not like a a New England Orlando City snooze fest. <laughs> yeah. Either one, either want like some terrible defending soccer, or I want like two good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, these, two, I mean, these should all be good games. Yeah, I don't want two teams to like go home and dream of getting one point the next day. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I'm not saying good games as, as in, like, I don't think Minnesota's going to give New England a game or Salt Lake will give the Red Bulls a game, but those will be fun to watch, I think, is kind of what J.D. was getting at. Mm-hmm. And they'll be fun for fantasy scoring, that's what I mean. And yeah, of course. It, and you have to, this is a three-game slate where you have to actually strategize and prioritize different options because it's not any kind of template. Um, I don't think there's any kind of template, in my opinion anyway, that everybody's going to use. You definitely have some strategy involved, but it's not, here's eight games, just whatever great player you take that scores is going to be the, the team that wins, which is kind of a dice roll. Mm-hmm. So it's a good balance. I like it. It's I'm going to enjoy it, I think, more than last week's split slate. All right. I agree. I agree. Um, well, that's all we got for today. Luis Marine is the Sporting Kansas City keeper. It was actually la- the beginning of last year, I think. Was it really? Or, no, 2015, sorry. Two years Yeah, ago. the beginning of 2015. There we go. That's what I thought. He was pretty bad. 
uh, the best info you get on this podcast right there. Um, all right, guys, thank you for that, and uh, good luck this weekend. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.